Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. We're putting up new buildings, we're knocking down the old. We're working in the summer heat and in the winter cold. And the labour power we sell, me boys, for a hard and weekly pay Produces mighty profits for the greedy MBA And whether we were born here or born in Italy In Greece, in Spain or Ireland, in England or Fiji We all of us are workers, united we must stand until the wealthy bludgers have been driven from our land We faced deregistration, it backfired in the face We're not fooled by arbitration, we won't stay in our place We hit the bosses hard and fast to win and keep our gains And break a couple of concrete pours to back our log of claims so keep your powder dry and hold your head up high. It's glass to glass and face to face, our limit is the sky. We've got a fighting history and we never will be cowed. Our as labour is a name to make a man feel proud. And it's the Concrete Gang, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and enjoying the shutdown weekend that comes on your calendar every year to celebrate the Melbourne Cup. Once a year, I'm a punter. And yes, we will have a tip, but basically, the first tip is, it's a shutdown weekend. We're not working Saturday, we're not working Sunday, we're not working Monday, Tuesday or Wednesday. Good morning, Buzzer. Good morning, String Bean. Annie's on the panel. Here we all are. And there is no gorilla. We've taken gorilla's spot here today. I haven't been here for a little while. It's not all about me, though. It's not all about me, right? It's great. <laughs> you to... say that, but you don't. I'm going to have a different tip to <laughs> brother Gorilla, right? So stay tuned. He knows the horses a bit better than me, probably, but I'll have a bit of a go at one. But it's a great weekend for being in the construction weekend. Bit of a uh, bit of a rest coming up to the late last quarter. The last quarter. Yeah, yeah the last quarter's coming up. The, Christ, the run into Christmas is usually a painful experience because every boss reckons that every job should be finished by Christmas and they put the pressure on people to work extra time. So the break we're having now, the five-day break for the Cup weekend is guaranteed in your EBA and is guaranteed for the next four years after this particular EBA. And uh, it will be... Obviously enjoyed by everyone because everyone's needing a bit of a break. Righto, Melbourne Cup. The gorilla is not with us today, but he rang in. <laughs> rang in with his tip. And I will read out the note I made. And that is last year's winner, Elmandon. Uh, he thinks it would have been a very good uh, tip to win this year's uh Cup, but when they put uh, Frankie uh, 
the Tory or whatever his name is. He hasn't had a great record in Melbourne Cups, old Frankie. Uh, Frankie, he reckons Frankie couldn't ride a bloody donkey to to win a kids race. Anyway, he's got so, a good record worldwide, just not here. He's a bit hopeless in the Melbourne Cup, so that straight away took uh, Al Mandon off the uh, off the number one choice, and so he's going for the third favourite, Marmello. However, uh, with uh, Al Mandon, uh, he reckons that still should be included in any box trifectas, etc., etc. But uh, Marmello is the gorilla's choice, and you're going buzzer for? Red Cardinal. That's what I'm going for. Red. What are you going for? Just made it up then, buzzer. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Longy studies the form guide. He's down on the track, watching it closely. Buzzer shows up, has a look at the numbers. I don't know. Out of, out of his hat. Yeah, they picked it, picked it out of my hat. Picked or out of my ring. Whatever you, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Yes, well, anyway, for all those at the branch meeting and other places who were asking, who is the tip this year? Marmello is the tip. Now, just uh, getting in early, we're going to mention that the uh, anniversary of Eureka is coming up at the end of the month. Uh, or actually early December, I think it actually is the date, but there is a celebration of the Eureka anniversary on the 27th of November. And we will keep people informed and uh, give everyone an opportunity to participate in that anniversary. Now, I think the picnic day might fall on the anniversary this year, is that I close think, to? I think it's, it's, it's pretty close to. It's in the first week of December, so yes. The anniversary of Eureka and the picnic and everything's coming up. And don't forget the picnic has been shifted to the showgrounds and there will be trains running to the showgrounds as would be the case on Tuesday. And the Geelong show, uh, sorry, the Geelong Trotten Track in Corio is the new venue for the Geelong picnic. Indeed. So there's a few changes. Get your ticket. It's still the best value in town. Righto, let's deal with some OHS issues. Yeah, we because we do them. talk a lot about politics and things, but and while they are important, people do need to know what's going on in the industry. And this week we've had a few matters that have come up. Uh, Keynes up at Melbourne University had a uh, basically a collapse of the, uh, the, the excavation that was being done up there and uh, did not actually go down too bloody well because our good friends Keynes have been getting themselves into trouble about asbestos as well down in uh, Collins Street I think it is with their second tier company um, Aret Aret yes God they're yes. all these take, second tier take, companies take, take the sticker off the wall drill the hole into the asbestos then put the sticker saying asbestos back on the on the wall Dear, oh dear, Keynes. I've seen some photos from that job. That second tier Keynes job wasn't that good, to be quite honest. Really. Well, they flooded Collins Street and uh, and exposed a whole bunch of people to asbestos. Uh, it was only when the safety, the union safety folks show up and, and actually let them know that they've been exposed and ask them why their bosses put them in such a situation. They call the boss and all uh, all leave you know choose to leave an unsafe place, which is a good choice. Um, but uh, yeah, they. The worst part about that is WorkSafe still haven't uh, done anything about it. Um, no prosecutions, bunch of people exposed, um, and you know no one. And they have still haven't agreed to remove the asbestos. They still want to leave it there um, for the next tradie to come along and drill into. So, 
uh, yeah, shockers down there, and that Kane needs to be held responsible for that, being the um, the overall company and uh, principal. Principal company, yeah, and and the Melbourne University job, yeah, that collapsed onto. There was a bunch of steel down there, um, and a large bit of that uh, earth's come off the the rock and and that. And just lucky that no one was in there at the time working. Uh, could well have been serious. And we've had a couple more incidents too. We had a pump blowout on the uh, Hamilton Marino jog in Hague Street South. Uh, we call that uh, what do you call that? Hague Street, just down the end of Spencer Street. There, right, South Melbourne, right? Uh, down there, Old Tracks and Hamilton Marino had a blowout, and we're having a serious look around the place about these where these uh, pipe, these uh, con- concrete pipelines are put. Uh, they're in front of the Alimax in a lot of the places, so when they do blow out, uh, it causes a problem. So it's a, a serious look at how we cover them up or move people away from those areas where they are to prevent that um, happening again. So stay tuned for that. And there was also another... Um, there was a... Uh, unfortunately, a worker got re- uh, injured uh, on the... Uh, Collins Street multiplex job, indeed. Uh, well, Arthur, Arthur working for seven form seven hundred. He's come down inside the core there. Uh, they had to get a rescue plan. Well, they had a rescue plan and took a couple of hours. They're having a bit of a look at that now to see if they can um, twitch it a bit to get it a bit better than how it actually went at the end of the day. He's all right, but he did suffer a few injuries, um, broken ribs, and a few other things. I think. Yes, indeed. He's come down in the uh, central core. Now, it is a confined space. There is a core allowance paid because it is a confined space where people are working under additional pressure as opposed to working on the deck. And uh, Arthur's come down. The rescue plan was in place, but it needs a bit of tweaking because if it takes two hours to get him out, Mm -hmm. that suggests that there is... uh, not a whole lot of uh, forward planning going into it. Well, back injury in a confined space, very tricky, but good job to the, the firefighters, the ambos. Um, yeah, the union guys down there all did a good job um, in difficult circumstances. Indeed. Now, just coming back to asbestos, we should also mention that Asbestos Awareness Month, the month of uh, November, is in fact Asbestos Awareness and we're all aware of asbestos at job level. However, at WorkSafe level, I'm sure they'll be promoting Asbestos Awareness Month. But Maybe it means bugger all. I think we need an Asbestos Prosecution Month, not an Awareness Month. That's it. Asbestos Prosecution Awareness Month. That's <laughs> yeah. what we need. Because not only have our good friends Keynes uh, blotted the copybook, but when you think about it, Hanson and Yunkin... At the Iron Ear Hospital, the job's been going now for over three years. The number of incidents there and not one prosecution, not one prosecution. And yet, WorkSafe in New South Wales, okay, agreed, under pressure, shut down the Opera House renovation job because of asbestos exposure and, in fact, put a prohibition notice on the Opera House. Now, okay... You can't always get the big ones, but I would have thought that the Iron Ear Hospital deserved a little bit more attention from WorkSafe. But when you talk to bosses and they're frustrated by WorkSafe, anyone who's fair income would be concerned about WorkSafe being uh, 
shall we say, concerned to turn up on a few jobs and do nothing about the safety on the jobs, issue a notice asking for voluntary compliance. Yet at the same time, they will turn up to more notable companies and give them a hard time. So there's a little bit of inconsistency there that even the bosses are starting to get fed up about. Did we mention um, that Corner Nero job last week? Yes, indeed we did. Well, that was a perfect instance because I went down to that job. And that uh, Did we name the uh, work cover uh, bike that went down to that job? Rob uh, Rob, I will call it Rob. I think his name might be James Pollard or Rob Pollard or something. Rob Pollard. Yeah, well, he, he, he did say a revising work procedures, which didn't happen. He didn't enforce it. He didn't enforce it to happen. And we went back down the job, and they were all working the same way after the formwork had collapsed and put two people in hospital. We've got to do better than that, I think, don't we? Well, yeah. every every example. I mean, element five. We've got all of the documents, the number of visits, work safe have done, voluntary compliance, voluntary compliance, and nothing changes. And then a bloke dies. I mean, how many how many chances do they get? Like, work safe. It's just well, we go on about it, but something's got to be done because the bosses are saying we actually need them to clean up the worst of our mob so that we can raise standards. So when the bosses are crying out, I mean, geez, who who, who are work safe working for? The insurance companies. Well, there was a claim this week about how they're ripping people off in the insurances, in all the insurances, and they've made it that hard for people in the insurance component of the WorkSafe as well. So they're not going too well in that section either. And they're breeding bad builders. I mean, that has to be said. There, there's a reason that Kane think they can get away with exposing, exposing people to asbestos, and it's because Hanson Youngkin got away with it for months down at the you know, Eye and Ear Hospital. Years, yeah. I mean... If, if if they look across the road and they see that happening, they're not going to change what they're doing, are they? But if the union goes on the job, then it's an ABCC prosecution. Right, right. But we'll right. come back after the break because, folks, I'm in control today and we're going to have the living end, prisoner of society. I'm not listening to it. 
who says I don't know about music from the 21st century? Oh, you're, you're a guru, aren't you? Oh, look, mate. That is an epic track. That is a great track, Prisoner of Society, because we're all prisoners of society, because we ain't getting too much bloody choice in anything that's going on in our society, whether it's WorkSafe, the state of the federal parliament, whatever it is, it's all shit. And certain companies are the living end. Indeed. <laughs> Righto. Now, that leads you straight into talking about another huge problem in our industry. Health and safety is one thing. Wage payments, conditions in an EBA not being enforced by anyone but the union. Yes, well... Rising star, plaster industry, a load of shit. Well, Rising Star, uh, we have made some progress without getting into the exact detail what the, about people be, uh, going on to wages compared to the ABNs, and we're still mo- trying to move forward and, with that. But when you get a company like Rising Star, who in the last four months has gone from 40 employees to, in some cases, 190, uh, his funds are all over the place. He's got 190 in uh, Incalink, 220 uh, in CBUS. But to, let's be real about this CBUS payment. He's really technically, after doing the full audit on him, he only had seven employees on his books. All the rest were employed under gang leaders. Uh, and also, the other big problem is Vivo Forms. There's Vivo, problems with the Vivo Forms. The Vivo Forms are a document on the, on the plasterer's uh, appendix of the EBA about writing in their compliance to the right um, the right uh, visa they're supposed to be working over here on. And we all remember a few years ago when... I think it was Express Zealand's had about 60 or 80 student visas who are only allowed to work 20 hours a week. There was all sorts of problems with these visas. That's why we try and enforce these visa forms. Well, this rising star, as it turned out, when we brought all the induction forms in, 400 induction forms, a different amount of people paid for every different fund uh, and no... No um, forms filled in, Vivo forms filled in. So we've been going through the exercise of doing all that on all these jobs and there wasn't much, let's just say, there wasn't a lot of progress on any of the jobs he's been working on out there at the moment, mainly Haysa, Hamilton Marino and a couple of other jobs he'd been working on, complaining, complaining, complaining. But I would have thought that they would have been obligated to check uh, to check these companies out a bit better than um, waiting to the death knock where we're at now. Uh wouldn't yeah, you think? Well, you know, they all want to be code compliant. And yeah, a that's... few responsibilities come with that. And there's new clauses in the new EBA, the sham contracting clauses. We won't go right into now, but let's just say we think we've tidied it up a bit, but we need to be more vigilant with companies assessing these people when they give in the job and making sure all these forms are filled in and the compliances are done and serious look at all these gang leaders as well moving forward. So that was a big exercise. So out of those 400, Buzzer, how many are working legally? At the moment, what we've established, at the moment we've got back uh, uh, 30 30 people with um, Vivo forms filled in at the moment, right? <laughs> Less than 10%. And seven people on his books. So, But we stay tuned, stay tuned for us moving forward. Hopefully that equation will get better because under the pressure that they've been under, let's just say that from the... Well, let's just make a little comment. Yep. Simple observation. Yep. Subbies are only as bad as the builders let them be. Mm. So Hamilton Marino, Hayser and the rest of them are up to their bloody eyeballs in it because they're obviously saving a quid and that's increasing their profit and they don't care. 
So let's not just blame Rising Star, because I reckon they, they are the bottom of the barrel, but who is employing them? Why are they employing them? It's the builders who are employing them, and it's only to maximise their profits. Now, you would have thought, too, their reputation. We've seen the huge dint in the reputation of land lease with what went up in Bendigo last year yep. in the plastered scandal up there. You would have thought that their reputation, when it gets exposed that they only had seven people, no proper visas and all that, would affect the you know, the company reputation and they'd be a bit more willing and, and to fix a problem in a, in a bit quicker circumstances. Let's just say that. Well, maybe the builders will be worried when we start to pin them on it as well. Um, and, but you've got to see it in the quotes, yeah? They've got to know what's going on when the quotes on the jobs come in. Don't worry. They've all got experts who know exactly what a square metre of plaster is worth. If they you know pay your damn wages. well. Yeah. yeah, they know what the price is. Right on. Could we take that to the next level and say, well, the problems are that big with people working illegally, sham contracting, the whole works. Uh, apparently, this is the responsibility of the ABCC. In fact, the uh, Fair Work Ombudsman has written the union a letter uh, because of complaints made about Element 5, VCON, and their underpayment of wages. And the letter came back from the Fair Work Ombudsman saying, no, not our problem, you need to talk to the ABCC. <laughs> <laughs> Which does lead us nicely into another story that's uh, developing, and that is that the ABCC had a legal bill of the last 12 months, as I understand it, of $11 million. $11 million. And what are they spending that $11 million on? I'm, I assume Basically they're chasing process- sham, sham contracting, no. chasing underpayments, no. uh, safety stuff probably. No. Uh, they must be doing something about Rising Star and the illegal no. workers and all that. What are they doing then? Chasing the CFMEU. Uh, ah, well. So $11 million chasing the CFMEU. Folks, get real. You're supposed to be an independent government commission. A bit like The Rock. Independent government. (laughs) No. All shit. You are just another front for an anti-union government which is concerned to take everyone's minds off what a disaster they are and what a disaster is occurring at the the cost of Australian taxpayers everywhere. They're just going to keep paying the money out to take everyone's mind off by attacking unions. Now, the good thing I might is- add, I might add at this point, it's important to add, yeah. they also gave Nigel Hatchkiss a legal indemnity. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. do what you want, Nigel. You know the good thing about all this? I think the, uh, I think the ideology of the government at the moment is controlling their thinking, which is dangerous moving forward. I think it's a good thing oh, for us. Oh, yes. It's controlling their thinking, their thought process, and their decision-making. Mm. And I think you've seen all the mistakes in the last couple of weeks. Let's just hope there's a few more in the next couple, last couple of weeks going into the uh, Christmas break. Well, they get an earlier Christmas break than the rest of us, let me say. <laughs> I think theirs finishes next week, doesn't it? Yeah, I think no, so. No, they've got to come back at the end of November. Except for old Barnaby, he's got to go do some campaigning, doesn't he, down around there? <laughs> and another bloke down Tasmania, is he going to run again? Who knows? Wait and see. But before, the... they, before they gave Nige the indemnity, they did have to pay out... Uh, $8,000 to the CFMEU because we pursued him, as people have noted from a few reports over the weeks, they had to pay out $8,000 for our legal costs because we actually established that he was acting improperly. I oh, know, that was N- Nigel had to pay that. 
That was Nigel's check oh, that, that arrived Nigel's the other day. Check. That was Nigel's check. That was Nigel. Oh, sorry. So Nigel copped all of eight thousand dollars. <laughs> meanwhile, the taxpayer, oh, right. Michaela okay. Cash, covered the entire correction. legal bill. We're talking, you know, forty thousand dollars, four hundred thousand. I don't know what it was. Ridiculous amounts of money. Um, of course, the big bill went to the taxpayer. But Nigel, thanks for the check. It just arrived. I believe it's going to charity. Um, a little donation. We there don't for a want good the money. Cause. We don't want your money, no. but uh, but you know, good that good it has been exposed at least. But uh, indemnity, the lawless construction industry uh, needs eleven million dollars of legal expenses, but Nigel Hatchkiss needs Im- Im- immunity for some reason. Well, even even on a cost benefit analysis, they've they've had to pay out eleven million dollars. What have we paid out? And a fraction. Nothing like that. Nothing like that. Lucky to be a million bucks. <laughs> and a quick, hey, not, a, quick, a, not a good investment. Uh, can we say a quick cheerio out there to a Tim Timotheo working for Riverview Construction on the Element 5 job down there? Uh, all sorts of risks down there, isn't he? When you mentioned that in South Yarra, who fell and broke his, both his wrists there a while ago. There's a collection being done by all the boys out inside at the moment. Uh, and um, we hope he's getting well um, uh, because he's. I, I heard his wife was pregnant, expecting the, uh, another child, and um, he's got a lot of support out there from everybody in the sites, and um, all the best to you at the moment, Tim. Yes, and before we go to Scallywags, a cheerio to Eamon Wolf, who this weekend is heading off on his honeymoon. Once bitten, Ooh. twice shy, I would have thought, <laughs> but never mind, Eamon, and your lovely bride, I hope you have a very nice honeymoon. Righto, Scallywags. Well timed, that. Work safe. (laughs) Victoria. Rising star. Multiplex because, let's face it, they should have had a better uh, rescue plan in place at Collins Street. The AIG, who advised Deckmill as to how to handle occupational health and safety issues. And they got it wrong. And uh, Deckmill have been fined... uh, for failing to carry out the Occupational Health and Safety Act because the union prosecuted them, not WorkSafe. Well, I think they re- they refused access to the union officials, right. which is what they've been fined for because that was illegal. Um, and when we say that the laws are blocking us from doing dealing with safety issues, that's exactly an example. So I also want to mention Victoria University, who, while it's not a... Uh, Grabs. Not an issue for the construction industry it is a, an issue for unionism because the three senior branch uh, reps for the national tertiary education union have all just been made redundant as the uh, negotiations start on their new eba okay i wonder what's going on there oh just just a coincidence of course bit of union busting uh, uh, but the, the thing about the vic uni thing they run a TAFE as well, and they are chartered to look after the western suburbs. Um, the whole point is to you know to help lift the western suburbs up. They're dedicated to that. Um, so to be you know attacking their staff like that is disgraceful. What so, about the National Bank? We might have to throw them in sacking six thousand people when they made a six billion dollar profit. Yeah, I mean, geez. exactly. Right. Term, term who are we Australia. going with? Who are we going with? Uh, who was the first one you mentioned? WorkSafe Victoria. Yeah, I think WorkSafe, no doubt about it. Well, WorkSafe Victoria win. Everyone else like uh, Rising Star and the AIG and Deckmill all deserve it. Oh, Rising Star. Sorry, I take that back. Rising Star. Rising Star. Joint joint winners. Joint winners. Joint winners. (laughs) You're going to go out in the same old way? Dare to struggle? Dare to win. win. If you don't fight, you you lose. lose.
Now, the war on drugs. listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.